listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where three friends get together virtually and talk about a horror movie. And we will spoil that horror movie. First, we talk about Recently Watched, which we will try to not spoil. And uh, we are not professional critics, which is pretty obvious a few minutes in. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Richard, and I'm here with Will and Jolian. Hello. Hello. Guys, it's uh, officially warm weather for at least a day or two before we get hit with more weird <laughs> weather. But it felt right, didn't it, to, you know, be getting ready to record? Oh, it was beautiful today. Yeah. We're in Denver for any new listeners, and... Uh, we're on that springtime roller coaster. We could have yeah. a, a snowstorm and a hot day and a rainy day. We don't know. I think it's called either sprinter or wing. Wing! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like wing. Because uh, sometimes there's wind. Um, so uh, talking about a movie that's set in, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be set in Jamaica. That was seemed to be filmed there. Yeah, it was filmed at Great Cayman. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but first, uh, recently watched. Uh, anyone want to kick that off? Uh, yeah, it's pretty brief. Uh, didn't watch a whole lot this week. Um, I started Discovery, Star Trek Discovery. I'm yeah. liking it quite a bit. Yeah, we like it. It looks great. Yeah. It's like Star Trek with a really high budget mm-hmm. for a change. So, uh, yeah, we're about six or seven episodes in uh i'm enjoying that quite a lot um i can't remember off the top of my head what else i watched this week though <laughs> uh i watched a bunch of youtube crap um documentaries nothing. and stuff yeah little snippets here and there of things and you know uh nothing nothing worth getting into really um, and that's about it, I think. So pretty, uh, pretty, pretty low on the content intake this week. Yeah. Uh, I think we did watch some Riverdale, so I'll throw that in there too. But that's kind of like asking what you ate and, and you talk about like some candy that you ate. Yeah. yeah and I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Riverdale, so. Yeah. 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 So you ate a pile of candy. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Jolien, did you get to watch much of anything? Cause I know you've been busy yeah. drawing stuff. Yeah. I've been busy, but I finished the bulk of it. 
Um, so there's still a lot to do, but I uh, had some time, well, gave myself some time to watch something because uh, I'm tired out. But um, uh, I watched this, uh, another one of those Chinese movies uh, for the Yuku channel, which is like the Chinese Netflix, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, they've been doing lots of giant monster movies, mostly giant snakes. And, um, so they, uh, last year they did one called Big Octopus. <laughs> mm. They always have like, uh, uh, you know, very obtuse titles like Giant Snake, Big Octopus, uh, you know, Snow Creature. It doesn't sound, monster, you know, it, it's. <laughs> You're not trying to tell us it's going to crush a ship or a building. It's just, it's big. <laughs> well, how, it, like not the most gigantic one we've ever seen, not <laughs> horrifically well, huge. It, it starts off with a, a small one. There's this like a cute little uh, white octopus that gets caught, and then the uh, the adult octopus turns up looking for it, uh, which is like your kaiju sized octopus. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is directed by uh, Shang Shang. It's um, I think it was filmed in Indonesia, judging by all the Muslim names and the crew. Uh, beautiful beach scenes if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, uh, you've got various plot strands going on which don't always mash up and uh, don't always get maintained. Like some, some like the opening scene, you don't know who those people are or where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's lots of uh, lots of action in it, uh, as you might expect from a giant octopus movie. Uh, there's uh, gunfights and car chases and um kung fu fights um i i like how the uh speaking of uh, obtuse titles the the name of the evil corporation uh after the octopus dna is uh, uh greed biotechnology <laughs> nice um, uh, it's got lots of hilarious lines. There's this uh, guy in it who plays this. Uh, he plays a character called General, and he leads this mercenary team. And he's he just dials it up to eleven. Uh, his dialogue is hilarious because a lot of his lines are in uh, English, uh, but it, it's kind of weird uh, run through a translator English. And uh, so he'll be yelling these these really strange lines with lots of f bombs dropped in. Um, so yeah, he's quite funny. And there's this really long scene where they, uh, the mercenaries take the heroes down to the, these caverns, and they're going to go into this uh, secret labs where these, that where there was this joint uh, Nazi Chinese experiment to come up with uh, a super soldier serum using marine uh, genetics. And uh, but anyway, they're going through all these caves. And uh, this tentacle is just following them all the way <laughs> and just picking them <laughs> off every now and then. It's just, and at one point, they even say, like, uh, how, is the, how is this octopus reaching into these caves? That's as far as the, uh, you know, the uh, reasoning goes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it doesn't make sense all the time. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Um, Anyway, uh, we've been watching the Kung Fu TV series. You know, they've done a reboot of it. Oh, really? With an actual Asian cast. What? What? Uh, set in modern day San Francisco. Uh, so uh, it's got some, you know, 
reminders of the old the old series like uh, she has this uh she keeps thinking of her old shifu who gives her words of wisdom that she uses to defeat the bad guys um but it has none of this uh oh i'm a man of peace i don't believe in fighting and then you have to wait like 40 minutes or so for him to actually beat the crap out of somebody right. which is what everyone's waiting for um she just does it you know um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty well done. Uh, we're, we're enjoying that. Um, so yeah, that's what I have watched. I like that the character does does away with the pretense. It's like, no, uh, I am not. I am not here to seek water and walk the earth. It's like, <laughs> hey, look, you're being unreasonable with your racist crap. Smack. Yeah, yeah. You just go into some place and uh, uh, and then some some. Bodyguards will jump her, and then she will just uh, wipe the floor with them, and yeah. that's that. That's the way it should be. So it's obviously from what you're saying. I'm, I'm gathering it's a female character. So. Yeah, and it's got more fantasy elements than the original. Like uh, one of the through lines is um, her Shifu's uh, evil sister is after these eight legendary weapons, and uh, if she gathers gathers them up, she's going to become immensely powerful huh. um so there's, there's a, and some of her her abilities she doesn't realize it much yet but uh, some of her abilities are beyond human a bit um but uh it, most of it's pretty is played pretty uh realistically well, that's good and where is it available uh it's on the cw oh okay so they it's, there are there are like three episodes in there Okay. And their stuff's all available on their website, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so yeah. Wednesday nights, I think. Oh. Well, um, as for what I've seen, um, I think I've talked about one or the other of the Missing 411 series. Um, so real quick, I, I got the second uh, vaccine shot on uh, Thursday, so... Friday evening and Saturday morning, I, I just decided to take it easy and uh, just be couch bound. And for the most part, and, you know, feeling a little, little bit of side effects, I thought, oh, I'll just take it easy and watch a few things. So I watched the Missing 411 uh, documentary, uh, Missing 411, The Hunted. And this is author uh, David Polidas, uh, who wrote eight books on uh, people who've gone missing in... Um, like national parks and uh, places like that. Uh, it's, it's weird. Like people have been disappearing in, uh, in the wilderness and, and national park areas for hundreds of years. And as a um, sort of detective and author, he sort of wanted to gather like all the data points of what do all of these disappearances have in common? And with that being, uh, you know, with all that being compiled, he sort of realized, all right, well, there's some commonalities here that maybe point to something bigger and, uh, or, or something, uh, still unexplainable, but at least you're starting to realize that, that, uh, it's very unlikely that, that some of these people disappeared without a trace. Like how could there be no trace? And, uh, they go through several cases, the hunted, um, uh, mostly re I think that refers to, uh, hunters and, uh, 
people who are experienced outdoorsmen and know what they're doing and know what they're up against and know what not to do, yet they disappear without a trace also, or end up dead with really mysterious circumstances for their death. And uh, there aren't footprints in them. Well, <laughs> I don't want to spoil this for anybody, but one of the two documentaries. It's Bigfoot. <laughs> it's Bigfoot. He uh, believes Bigfoot is kidnapping people. I, th- I think you're right. I think that's what he, I, he, he won't say it outright, but that's what he believes. He's saying it without saying it is what Will is pointing at. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's Bigfoot, but there were big footprints around. <laughs> not every disappearance had a Bigfoot involved in it, but he does. Bigfoot would pick up all the traces. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. He'd clear up the crime scene. He'd get rid of his DNA. And then hop through the portal. Uh huh. So, if you like true crime type stuff and you're not that worried about Bigfoots, you know, he doesn't really talk about them at all until the very last story of one of these two things. So, <laughs> and he's not talking about it. The experiencers of the situation talk about it and they're like, we don't know what it was, but it, but it was super scary. And, uh, we were able to barricade ourselves in and hide from it. So, Hey, you know, maybe it was a grizzly bear with a funny voice. I don't know. But <laughs> Ooh, like uh, it, annihilation. Yeah. You know, I don't want to kind of bear. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've seen that one and I don't want to sound yeah. like a Bigfoot apologist cause I'm not, but uh, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for his existence. I mean, I, I think if, if there's any possibility of a real Bigfoot, then does he deserve the right to exist? Can we have the opposite? Not if he's kidnapping people. Yeah, yeah. If he, especially if he tra- <laughs> if he traffics them across state lines, <laughs> interdimensional lines. Oh, that's the worst kind of trafficking. Yeah. So two two of those, and then I thought, you know what? Since he mentioned a Sasquatch or Bigfoot, I was going to watch this little three part miniseries that I think it was on Hulu or HBO. I'm I'm. I'll, I'll look here and see if I can uh, determine where that's available. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Okay. Um, so this is a series where this investigative journalist, David Holthouse, attempts to solve a bizarre 25-year-old triple homicide that he heard about but didn't know for a fact even happened. But it was on a weed farm in, like, the Emerald Triangle. Uh, like, I think it was in uh, Mendocino but there's a three county area of California that grows the best weed, man. And, uh, he was working for a grow back before anything was legalized. And somebody came in and talked to the person who was in charge of the grow. He was going to go work on and said, Oh my God, over at the other place, all these plants were torn up and three, three guys are dead. And I think he said Bigfoot did it. Like, that's literally what he said. And this guy was like, I don't know what he was talking about, but it's bothered me for years. So I want to get to the bottom of it. So (laughs) it's a three-part series where this guy is like going after this story. And uh, I mean, he's tracking down like real, like career criminal types. You know, uh, you know, you think of growers up there as being maybe kind of hippies, but they turned in, they evolved into, and then other people came into the scene, but 
a lot of the hippies evolved into like, hey, everything's cool, man, but if it's no longer cool, I'm going to mow you down with my machine gun. So they were starting to tote AK-47s and run people off of their land and set booby traps and all kinds of crazy crap. So he uh, he's he's tracking down the, this this thing he heard mentioned and finding out if it was an actual crime and if so, could there be some paranormal uh, cryptid involvement? And I'm not going to tell you how it ends because that would be a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> I watched. And here's one I'm not sure I liked or didn't. <laughs> I feel like I don't know what was going on with this one. The Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee. Spelled L- Oh, I like that one. L-E-I-G-H. That was a good one. Okay, I'm not sure. Okay, the spooky atmosphere the whole way was good. And some some of the scares, you know, they did a few jump scares that weren't as cheapy as they could have been. But I'm not sure I liked the ending. Like it kind of just sort of hand waved a lot of stuff that I kind of wanted a harder ending than that. Um, mm. But it was uh, it was on Amazon Prime for no extra charge. So I feel like if you want a good spooky old dark house atmosphere, it's a good one. And it's pretty not it's not recent vintage, but it's 2013. So it doesn't look like you know, dated, but, but I thought it was good. It was good. Um, I'm not sure I liked the ending and I watched the boys from County hell, which is an Irish movie from 2020. And this is, uh, some road worker type dudes who like, and they're a couple, couple few of them are pretty young and they like to drink at the local pub, believe it or not. And, um, there's a, a father and son who kind of, uh, argue a lot and, they're going to uh, have to help build this bypass road that's going to go right through this cairn. And this pile of rocks apparently is supposed to be covering up a vampire. And it's local lore that is what they say, the only thing that attracts people to their local bar, the Stoker, which does, yes, reference to Bram Stoker. Well, it says it right in the description that, that an ancient vampire is awakened. So yes, I'm going to go ahead and say that is not a spoiler. Uh, there's some ancient vampire activity is, is, uh, on the prowl in this little village in Ireland. And they even in the opening scene, they even make fun of, uh, of that scene in uh, American werewolf in London where the, where the tourist boys go into that pub and they're told to keep off the moors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They, they kind of make fun of that scene in the bar. So it's a good one. I, I liked it a lot. In fact, I think we might have to do this one for the show. All right. Hey, yeah. next uh, St. Patrick's Day or something. That's what I was thinking. We could save that for our Irish horror next time. You know, it'll still be relatively new vintage and, uh, and definitely Ireland. It's, is that it for your uh, viewing? That is it. Uh, I just wanted to mention, um, I, I've been listening to a bunch of, things on the internet while I'm working and uh, uh, the uh, latest episodes of Best Movies Never Made. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they, they're talking about Ronnie Rocket. They do a two episode. Oh, nice. Oh, the David Lynch thing. Ron- yeah. David oh. Lynch. Wow. Yeah, he wanted to make that, that little person from Twin Peaks into uh, his own... Yeah, Michael like- Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Into his own character. 
like his own yep. series. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's really that's an interesting listen. I bet. Yeah. Talks about all the other unmade Lynch projects along the way. <laughs> they dig pretty deep on that show. Yeah. And they have a lot of script, like a lot of times they'll have a script on hand or at least an outline. Yes, yeah, so they have the scripts and they'll, sometimes they'll do readings from the scripts and uh, they also have someone who researches the uh, production histories uh, and uh, what, what else was coming out that year and so on. So oh, that's terrific. It's a good listen. Yeah. yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, I think all three of us have probably consumed a, a good portion of it. I think I've listened to like eight or ten episodes at least. Yeah, it was, it was, the last couple were Ronnie Rocket, and then before that they were doing uh, various iterations of Justice League. Yeah. Um, so the, the George Miller Justice League. And uh, before that they did uh, several episodes about Wonder Woman over the decades. They couldn't. They could never. After the Linda Carter thing, they could never really wrap their brain around like how to properly make the movie, could they? <laughs> or whether to make the movie. Oh yeah. Like, is this the right time for this? Bless them. I mean, uh, the idea of letting letting women make the movie, <laughs> <laughs> making a good one, you know, just didn't occur to anyone until the two thousand and tens. Yeah. What a, what a revolutionary idea. So, uh, Julian, you picked uh, Piranha 2, uh, the spawning. Yes, known as Piranha 2, flying killers in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that gave away the surprise right in the title, didn't it? Yeah. I think and that's why they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> People just said, oh, we know, we know the twist. We don't need to do this. So, so they what- also make reference to the spawning. At some yes. point in the movie, so they do talk about the spawning with the grunions. The grunions, yes. <laughs> so what? Uh, so what made you choose this one, Julian? Uh, I, I've not seen it for ages and ages, and I just fancied watching some uh, uh, beach horror movies. Yeah, so. something that's not Jaws. Yeah, and uh, as far as killer fish movies go, you know, there's. There's a couple of classic ones, and then there's a whole bunch of bad ones, and this is one of my favorites of the bad ones. You know, yeah. th- this one, um, with, without either of you telling me exactly how you feel about it, I was so entertained by this, and like, <laughs> and I liked this one so much. Uh, <laughs> like, I would, you know, just based on the title and uh, the fact that it's uh, like an Italian production, I would have just you know, rolled my eyes and said, nah, I'm not going to do it. But really, I, well, <laughs> because I, you assume that would light up. That would, that would, that would be, you know, yeah, I know that, that t- ticks all the boxes. It, it ticks all the boxes for you, for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it usually makes, I, I'm very circumspect to, uh, I don't know, but Italians make the best movies. Yeah. <laughs> And this is the golden age of Italian exploitation. Oh, yeah. So. It's about and right. A young James Cameron. Oh, man. And a young Lan- yeah. Lance Henriksen. Uh-huh. And, a, and a bunch of uh, also cast people. Uh, yeah, imagine this first time Cameron and Henriksen worked together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is terrific. Um, 
so the first, I wrote a lot of notes as I was watching this. Cause I thought <laughs> I, I could tell from the opening that, Oh, this is going to be a thing for sure. And the first note I wrote was this already looks good for a bad movie, which kind of indicates Cameron's talent with the visuals. Yes. And, uh, and then I made a note here of the time code was two minutes, 50 seconds. And, uh, Oh, we're having attempted underwater sex. <laughs> and, uh, then the woman, the woman goes to cut off the dude's speedo. Yeah. I, they give you a second. Large knife. Yeah. Like they give you a second to think that she might murder him underwater. Uh, but she's going to cut off his dumb speedo and, then we hear some vague Jaws ripoff music that almost kind of hints, but then almost doesn't. And I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna, they're going to start laying it on thick later in the movie, but they kind of don't. So it's like we get the attack. Like and The swarm of piranha, they always make these kind of bubbly sounds. Yes. Yes. It appears like someone blowing it down a straw into a milkshake. And, and, uh, it reminded me of when we watched night of the lepus, you know, like every time the, mm. the giant rabbits showed up, we heard that boodly, 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 boodly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, they, they would make a noise. Okay. It's not just the thump, a thump, a thump, a noise, but, uh, so the, yeah, the piranhas have a noise. Uh, how did you guys like the attack? Uh, the underwater that, one anyway. The opening one. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a, uh, it's kind of um, they don't actually show what's happening. It's like, like clouds of blood and people thrashing around, and you don't actually see anything. Yeah, just, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of fine for an opening attack. So. Yeah, and uh, they uh, they did the weird swimmy uh, animation for the mm-hmm. opening credits, and it went on for quite a while. It seemed like, like really long opening credits. I don't know if that's a, a peculiar to, um, uh, Italian productions or what. I think it was just a time period. Yeah. I was kind of wondering like, is that an early eighties thing? And I'm just not remembering it, but, um, they, the very next thing they do is they cut to this gawky teen and his mom. Mm-hmm. They're a little too cozy. It's uncomfortable. Well, he, he jumps into bed with her and attacks her with a fish. Yeah. yeah. And then their faces get way too close what, together. What are you saying, Dr. Freud? Yeah, I think what I'm you saying. You don't quite know what their relationship is at first. You're like, yes. wow, he seems really young for her. Yeah. But they're clearly involved. And then, yeah. then that's his mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, geez, get a room. Oh, they're in a room. <laughs> yeah. And she said, I like that. She says, Chris, you're a weird boy. And I'm thinking, yeah, lady, you're a weird mom. <laughs> I like how they're, they're arguing about this while they're being served breakfast, overlooking this bay in this gorgeous tropical island. And they're, they're complaining about how the hotel sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a pretty well, rough life. Is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's apparently filmed in the Cayman, uh, Great Cayman. Yeah. Tough times though. And Grand Cayman, I should say. Yeah. Grand Cayman. Yeah. It'd be horrible to have to film a movie there. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, the se- the setting, you can't really go wrong. You're pretty much going to have like, you know, anywhere you point a camera, it's probably going to look great. Do you think, do you think they just cast everybody staying at the hotel as extras? I mean, did you, <laughs> that'd be great if they did. Well, the acting was about, about there for a lot of them. Yeah. There was some, ooh, there were some oh, rough yes. line reads in this. <laughs> Oh, I think the worst one is that that guy who gets nibbled when they go on the scuba dive. Oh yeah, has, uh, they're at the uh, at the class where um, uh, Anne is is telling them about the scuba dive they're going to go on, and he he pipes up and uh, gets told off by the uh, who is it the Tyler character. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's very flat. Yeah, and that yeah. that dentist character. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's so two dimensional. And the stuttering chef, also two-dimensional. That, that was painful to the, watch. The married couple. Yeah. That I think were on their honeymoon. They, yes. they were bad, too. <laughs> the, uh, the older woman who was hitting on the lifeguard, she had, like, the twisted sister makeup. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was pretty two-dimensional, too. That was, like, the, the Mrs. Roper, the horny older woman character. Um, yeah. So the, the, the gawky teen, or no, first uh, I want to mention the dynamite fishing you think is getting busted by officer Henderson, uh, Hendrick, yeah. Henrickson. <laughs> um, I don't even bother to learn his character's name. It's officer Lance. Um, uh, Kimbrough. Yeah, Steve. Kimbrough. Yeah, Steve, Kimbrough. Steve Kimbrough. Yeah. You think he's going to bust those guys for dynamite fishing, but he makes dinner plans instead. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys think right at that moment that we might be seeing the dynamite fishing as the solution to the piranha problem? Uh, no, nah, dynamite's not going to play back into it. Yeah, there's no way, right? That's not Chekhov's dynamite. <laughs> no. It was cool, though. I mean, I've heard of it. Never saw like a representation of it on screen. I'm sure it wasn't real, but I've heard of dynamite fishing. Yeah, terrible. Very destructive. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, uh, beaver dams being blown up with dynamite? And, uh, no. And I guess beavers are so industrious, they just rebuild the dam in very short order, which really frustrates the dynamiters. They go, well, that solves that. Got my, got my river flowing again, and they come back like a short amount of time later, and the beavers are like, yeah, and what else you got? Uh. Yeah, dynamite versus nature. You know, it's it's not always good. Um, uh, what did you guys think of the guy who was in charge of the uh, hotel? Did 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 you think David Copperfield when you first saw him? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but I should have. Yeah, we we got the uh, the staff meeting where they talked about the the annual Grunion Festival with the spawning, and uh, yes, yeah, like. <laughs> I wonder if that's even a thing. I didn't bother to look that up. It wouldn't be in this part of the world. No, is is a grunion a fish that you would even find in the Caribbean? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Emily uh, reacted in horror to his wearing an all-white suit. Oh, because that's yeah. the color of death? <laughs> no, it's just like, oh, white suit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a statement even for back then. It was like you had Steve Martin when he did stand-up comedy and Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island 
and maybe the seven up guy. Jolien, you weren't living in America at the time. Do you uh, know you know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, big, big, bald black guy would sit in the, uh, what's the, do they call that a Cobra chair? The big wicker chair with the huge back on it. Oh yeah. And he's, he's talking about, uh, uh, how crisp and refreshing seven up is. Oh, ha 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 ha. And he's always like, you know, his line was something about, of course you do. And, uh, yeah. So there's a seven up guy. I think he had a white suit and I think it was about it. It was hard to get away with a white suit. Unless you were really making a statement <clears throat> like I'm, yeah. I'm the seven up guy or I'm Steve Martin or welcome to fantasy Island. Maybe they stole that from fantasy Island. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but they don't go very far in this movie at, at a stretch before you get some nudity or some, <laughs> some uh, heavy hint at sexuality. Oh yeah, everyone's horny in this movie. Yeah, the, and uh, that you know, there's, there's like playmates are in the cast. And, <clears throat> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The uh, topless boaters. Uh, that's, yes, that's pretty pretty early in the movie. Giant Loretta. Yeah. Yeah, they they harass the the cook <clears throat> and steal stuff from him. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so we uh, <laughs> we had this great line from uh, from Kimbro. I'm going to try and use his actual character name here, uh, Lance's character Kimbro. Um, <laughs> when he's talking to his who we discover is his ex-wife, uh, he asks if uh, if uh, if the dinghy that is in the water uh, that he finds this little lifeboat. Is uh is this part of what you use to take the tourists for their drowning lessons? <laughs> I loved drowning lessons. <sighs> yeah, she's um Trisha O'Neill. She was in uh, a couple of um Star Trek series. Yeah, I saw that on her IMDB. Yeah, she was a Klingon in one of them. Yeah. And an officer a, a human officer on another one, right? Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, now, did you guys uh, kind of zoom in on this idea that uh, that we've got James Cameron working on a movie that, that centers around a sunken ship? Yes. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, he's always left that. Yeah. And so I was thinking that, you know, if he was really on, on his game, he would have had a, like an early Celine Dion uh, song <laughs> called My... That's why, that's why I have, I've never seen Titanic, because I know that that song is going to come at the end. Uh, I, want this, I want this one to be uh, a different version where it's called My Arm Will Go On. <laughs> <laughs> Just have like I, floating body parts. I thought the other way, that maybe Titanic was a secret sequel of piranha two. Mm. <laughs> I like that idea. When they hit the, the iceberg flying piranhas came out. Right. Yeah. You ought to pitch that to sci-fi. Oh Ice yeah. Piranha. Ice piranha. Yeah. There were three, uh, well, one of the, th- one of the four egg canisters was opened and that's how the, the spawning started. So that means there's three more. I mean, we get three more movies as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. that, that's kind of what you paid for, right? The promise of three more piranha flying piranha movies. Yes. Unfortunately, this one didn't do that well. I, I can't imagine why. Uh, it had three directors on it. <laughs> yeah. So, really? Yeah. They, um, uh, so Roger Corman wasn't able to do another Piranha movie. And Joe Dante mm-hmm. was off doing The Howling. And the, uh, so, uh, so they had the, this property of a Piranha film. And, uh, but they needed backers. And, then, and that's where uh, a video arsenitis steps in. And he was, the, uh, he was known for doing films like Tentacles. Ah. Mm. And uh, he, uh, so he, he put up some money for it. So it became this joint production with uh, Italy. And uh, the first director on it was uh, Miller Drake, who, uh, you know, he was from the Common Factory. And uh, so he started working on it for a couple of weeks and uh, he had this uh, up and coming star of uh, special effects named Rob Bertin. And, uh, but um, in pre-production, he met up with uh, Asnitis and uh, they really didn't get along. And um, so he was, he was chucked out and uh, James Cameron was a production designer, special effects guy at the time. He'd been working on Galaxy of Terror and Escape from New York and so on. Um, so he, uh, he was promoted to director, but uh, he wanted to make a good, yeah, as good a film as he could with uh, the script. Um, so he had, you know, this, uh, you know, good photography and uh, attention to all the uh, diving details and uh, the lighting and so on. And so basically he was taking, uh, he was taking care and time and money and the uh, Asnitis didn't like that. And uh, he wanted to uh, be in control of everything. So he, he decided to become the director himself. And uh, so basically uh, uh, James Caron was only working on it for two weeks or so. Oh, um, so Arsenitis did did the bulk of it, and uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, so Cameron got to work on a feature film as a director for a little while, and um, he he met several people like uh, uh, Lance Henriksen. He worked with Trisha O'Neill. She is in Titanic. Um, so several people in, in this that he worked with again later, um, and also while he was in Rome, where they were shooting the interiors. Uh, he had a fever and he was like stuck in this hotel room. He wasn't able to communicate with anybody and he was having these terrible dreams. And, and one of the dreams was uh, he, he dreamed about these red eyed robots who came from the future and were trying to kill him. And, uh, and, that, and then he wrote Terminator. Yeah, that's a good idea. You like just write down your fever dreams. Yeah. So, so yeah, you can't blame him for this. He wasn't allowed to see the dailies. He wasn't allowed to edit it. Well, uh, I was already thanking him for it. So I guess maybe the credit was due to the other guy, but, um, it's nothing if not entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't start, you know, folding laundry and ironing while watching this one. No, <laughs> it was entertaining all the way through. Um, I have a couple notes here that I have to share. 
The yacht women are mean, which they were. Yes. Uh, they didn't last much longer after I wrote that. There are a lot of perms in this movie. Yes. A lot of permed hair. And uh, the piranha leaping out of the corpse at the morgue is just a bridge too far. <laughs> if you must... Yeah, I said that, that uh, you didn't so much have to suspend your disbelief is just kill it outright for this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drag it onto the deck and beat it with that mini baseball bat. Oh, it, it goes yeah. for the jugular. <laughs> it does. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes. And it, there's, there's excellent gore in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the late Gianetto De Rossi. Yeah. Uh, he, oh yeah. He died 10 days ago. Oh man. Oh, well, this is a good tribute then. Uh, yeah those slides she takes of the guy's feet all chewed up oh those are pretty gory yeah yeah that was gross uh the um our heroine um what was her character's name Anne. Uh, Anne. Anne. um Anne gives a really good exposition dump right around the time of the slideshow uh where she talks about how this seems like a new species or uh or something involving genetic engineering. And I think uh, her new boyfriend has not copped to the fact that he knows something about this. Um, it's, it's, it's good. Like in case there's anyone watching the movie, who's actually a stupid person uh, or can't make, you know, decent guesses about what a movie like this is going to do. They, they, they just spill it out nicely without making it too obvious. You know, the exposition stuff that you don't need, like, uh, come on, Jim, you're my brother. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't say that. You never will say those words like <laughs> to a sibling, you know, <laughs> that's not what you say ever. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we discover that, uh, I think once and for all that the piranhas are flying when the yacht women the, the mean yacht women get eaten by them. They got pretty bruised by that because it's like these locals who have these uh, piranha props on sticks and they were like jabbing at these <laughs> poor women. Good. <laughs> Your characters are mean. Therefore we should beat you up with these stick piranhas. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, that's a good production note for people to be aware of is the screaming was real for different reasons. <laughs> There's some good. She has this really good extended scream where she's getting assaulted by these stick piranha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of screaming in parts of this movie. <laughs> I had to turn the volume down a couple times. <clears throat> I didn't want the neighbors to think someone was getting murdered. Um, it was. Uh, oh, I, I did also make a note here that uh, that guy with the white suit, Raul the head of the hotel. Uh, he's the piranha two equivalent of the mayor of Amityville. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, you know, and I don't think that was by coincidence. I think that was by design that he's like, no, the Grunion festival must go on. <laughs> Blah. You know, <laughs> of course it must because these people who've already paid to stay in your hotel are going to do what? Be bummed. Yeah. <laughs> Feed them a different I don't fish. Know what they what the process was of the Grunion Festival, because uh, they're all lined up and they've all got their tiki torches. They look like a Nazi rally. Yeah. 
And uh, what are they going to do? They're going to go out on this beach and beat these mother fish to death. I was. Yeah, wondering, I don't really know what they do. Does that attract them? Because it's a torch, and they're attracted to the fu- the first full moon. So are they just trying to lure them with more light? And then what? What, what draw them into the restroom? Yeah, like just keep drawing them in till they're on the sand, and then pick them up and throw yeah. them throw them in the fire. I don't know. It, they didn't really exp- good question. They didn't need to explain it because it never got that far. No. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I was still like trying to figure out what the, what kind of crap was going on with the flying fish. I'm like, but even a flying fish only leaps out of the water and flaps to, you know, propel itself a little further. Uh-huh. They don't fly around like a bird. <laughs> right. They definitely can't hover and back up and jab you. Yeah. Come around for another go. Um, and so I made a note when the kid was hanging up the nets, I just wrote, um, this is not how flying fish work. I'm no expert, but I do know how they work and what they can't do. They're, they're not like hummingbirds, you know, they fly about as well as a chicken, maybe not even that well. So they're relatively flightless, but but you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna commit yourself to that that conceit in this movie, then I guess go for it. Mm-hmm. They can hide in corpses and come flying out. Yes, they can just come cruising along and turn corners and hover. Sure, you're gonna do it. Do it. Um, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> well, at this, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, at this point, half of all the black characters are dead. Yeah, they kind of throw away Gabby, the fellow with the dynamite. Yeah. You think he's going to be there at the climax, but he just, like, for some reason, he hangs around outside the uh, hotel and gets eaten. Yeah, they kill off his son, then they kill off him. Yeah. And uh, then they use his dynamite idea Mm -hmm. with the timers. So... Yeah, we got the Flying Fish Massacre. And speaking of things being thrown away, how about uh, Lance and his helicopter stunt? Um, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That was like (laughs) such a spontaneous explosion. Such a terrible effect. I I was going to be more upset if tying his CB radio cord around the joystick... If that would have kept it hovering or going in circles, <laughs> I would have been more angry. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Um I do love I do just love the fact that as soon as it touched water, it just blew up in a big fireball <laughs> and was obviously a model. But uh does that thing not have a ladder? Is it not used for some rescue mission kind he of He only had a couple of minutes to go to the rescue didn't he yeah so obviously crash the helicopter swim over to the boat <laughs> drive the boat to the kid <clears throat> but uh yeah well, like how at one point the tyler character refers to him as that robot <laughs> that is funny <laughs> that robot because uh, he does play bishop later on mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he is that robot just just four years <clears throat> down the road yeah i like that um, 
Now, when uh, uh, when we see this whole situation where uh, Lance is driving the dive boat to save his son and the son's new girlfriend or whatever, there's three minutes remaining until the dynamite explodes. And uh, suddenly it's like two minutes. Uh, we see Tyler, the boyfriend character, kind of sacrifice himself so Anne can get away. Uh, I made a reference here that I don't know if either one of you are going to be familiar with. Jolien, because you're from England, and Will, because you're from New Mexico, where you don't get much snow or ice. Um, Anne grabs the anchor and skeeches to safety. Do you know what skeeching is? Skeeching or skitching? You belong behind on the car? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's where you grab the bumper of a car and you let it pull you along on a slick road. Do you have, yeah. a, do you have a word for that in England, Julian? Cause I know you get ice there. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's also known as hooky bobbing. <laughs> huh. Skeeching, skitching or hooky bobbing. But it's beautiful the way she grabs that anchor and just gets pulled. Yes. Skeeches to safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the family's reunited. Plus, yeah. You, you knew you knew Tyler was going to die because it's a Catholic movie. Uh, yeah. He's the uh, he's the boyfriend, and he's he had something to do with the experiments. That's why he had to die. Yeah, he was doomed. He was he had food. something to do with the experiments. Mm -hmm. And he was the interloper in a marriage that was not dissolved yet. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he deserved to die by painful piranha rippings yeah so uh and yeah then exploding oh yeah he got to explode too <laughs> yeah he's not back for the sequel yeah he's not going to yeah. be in piranha 3 so uh of course we get blood red background for the credits mm -hmm. that's lovely about 90 percent of the names in the credits are italian names Mm -hmm. yep. so, so if you if you weren't clear uh it's, it's pretty obvious at this point it's an italian movie and uh they bring it in just over 90 minutes don't they i think so something like that i think it's uh maybe just a few minutes over so will was this a satisfying experience for you yeah, this was kind of a mind eraser. I, uh, I didn't. I had seen this movie years and years and years ago. Uh, all I remembered was the people being attacked on the beach near the end. Yeah, the Grunion Festival. Uh, that was it. That was all I remembered was the flying piranhas, and that it was pretty hilarious when I first saw this. Uh, but yeah, I didn't remember any of the rest of it. So it was a good rewatch. Are you ready enjoyable. for? Are you ready for summer? Yes. I mean, it just kind of sets the mood, doesn't it? Yeah. Jolene, were you pretty satisfied with the rewatch? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this, this I'm pretty sure was my first watch of this one. I, I recall none of it, and probably, like I said, would have turned away from it, you know, as as a uh, rental or whatever. Uh, had it been on like sci-fi channel, I might've watched it knowing how it was older than most of their crap. That's made bad, bad movie, like made badly on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I, I find it insulting when they make things like Sharknado and then even go further with it, you know, like Shark Exorcist or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's insulting and I can't hang with it. But this, uh, they were trying, they were trying to make a yeah, no. nature run amok movie. <clears throat> and it worked. So yeah, I, w- I was pretty pleased with it too. Yeah, I'll say that for most of the Italian exploitation things I've seen, they they at least try to make a a halfway decent thing. Yeah. They're not just you know Sharknadoing it or trauma eating it. Oh, this yeah, you know, where it's bad on purpose. Yeah, it may just be bad because <laughs> other circumstances, but they didn't set out to make it crap. Right, and and it didn't look like it was such a lack of money either, because they had enough money to make enough of these things happen. And Julian, you mentioned uh, Gianetto De Rossi. Uh, he mm-hmm. he did the effects for Zombie Two, or Zomb- yeah. or Zombie as it's also known. Yeah, he worked <clears throat> on a lot of those forty films. Did he? Do you know if he worked on the uh, the zombie shark fight scene? Yeah, he was he was in charge of the, the special so, makeup effects for that movie. So pretty yeah. much everything that was on screen, we can figure yeah. out it was him. Well, then, yeah. And, and he was he was also working <clears throat> with very low budgets. So yeah, he just knew how to stretch a lira. <laughs> I was going to say dollar, but yeah, lira. So cool. Yeah, so uh, pretty pretty good work on his part, uh, kind of throughout his career, best I could tell. Yeah, he's really good at doing those makeup effects. I don't know uh, if he was in charge of the mechanical stuff for Piranha, right? Because you've got those wires that they're sliding down and (laughs) Piranha on sticks. You know, it's it's not great. (laughs) Yeah, the flap the flapping wasn't super convincing. Uh, Yeah, I didn't know how they did the the school of fish, but I thought maybe they were mounted on a transparent sheet or something to make them all move in a line because mm-hmm. they did not show them very, very much. It was p- pretty quick shots. Right. You notice that scene where they're, they're in the uh, sunken ship and they're, they're swimming through those narrow, uh, I don't know what they're supposed to be. Um, yeah. The, the two, the tunnels at the end, the air vents or whatever they're yeah, supposed well, to be in. How, how do you have an, air vent in a ship <laughs> just I, like I didn't wireframe windows <laughs> yeah i didn't figure yeah. i couldn't figure that out and there was so much of it too they just kept swimming and swimming yeah. and swimming uh so when did george the revenge come out because that, that's got a very similar scene in it um, 87 oh bloody yeah it was a lot later okay yeah that's crazy do you think uh, they knew they were making sort of a comedic horror movie, or do you think they were trying to just go straight serious? Uh, I think the studio, for some reason, wanted the Piranha to fly. They were insistent on that, <laughs> so that they knew they were going. They had this absurd premise, but they wanted, you know, they, there's the, there's a lot of goofy comedy with some of the uh, supporting cast. But the main cast play it pretty straight, and they're pretty good. Um, yeah, O'Neill and Henriksen are, are pretty good. Yeah, um, you know they 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 make the characters. The characters got history, and 
you know, they're interesting, likable people. And he's he's not always a nice guy. He's you know he's 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 a jerk in a lot of the early scenes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you, you end up quite liking him. But um, but they they make a good job there, I think. But yeah, there, there is a, there's a lot of goofy <clears throat> comedy with his supporting cast. Yeah, and and you know in some movies it's just you know comedic relief to have some scenes where characters are goofing off or whatever, <clears throat> or characters are bumbling. But this yeah, one, like, after the initial attack, it's, it's just all comedy relief. <laughs> it's just so much comedy relief. Yeah, uh, it's just you know you're just waiting for the piranhas to turn back, turn up again. Yeah, yeah, you want to shut them up with a piranha, <laughs> slap them <clears throat> around the face with a dead fish. Yeah. So, um, as far as the recommends go, uh, Will, can you recommend this one to horror fans? Yes. How about yes. non-horror fans? You think they can handle it? Is it too uh, gory? Fans of fishing, yes. Yes, fishermen getting ready for fishing season should watch this. Yeah. Uh-huh. As you're tying up your bundles of dynamite to head out into the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. You go up to the lake, blow up some fish. Julian, how about you? I do want to... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I also want to mention how I like the uh, the piranhas chirp while they fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a bird. Yeah. They make a weird underwater noise. I wrote down the time code so I can grab it and insert it in, into the uh, show. And uh, yeah, I should probably find some of that chirping flying sound too. Yeah. That was cool. So Joey, you recommend it? Horror fans? Yep. Oh, yes. What about non-horror fans? You think they can handle? Uh, yeah, it's dumb and funny enough that I think you could enjoy it. They're, they're going to laugh and say, is this what all horror movies are like? <laughs> yeah sure you should watch uh cannibal holocaust next oh yeah yeah cannibals are hilarious <laughs> oh yes those cannibal movies are on canopy you know the are they pu- the public library really <laughs> that's great yeah. i was looking through it and it's like cannibal holocaust uh cannibal ferox <laughs> jeez wow wow, wow they, they have a better horror selection than shudder that's weird. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, though, um, nobody does it as poorly as Netflix. I have a lot of trouble finding anything on Netflix. Oh, yeah, they yeah. don't. Yeah, really bad for horror. Do they, yeah, do they yeah. just know that Shudder's out there so they don't care? Or do they just not right. know horror at all? Do they not know it? Do they not I've, like it? Yeah, I don't think they've ever been very good at horror. I think they're oh, like... They're uh, owned by the same people? AMC owns Shudder. I don't know who owns Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of feel like maybe there's some suits over at Netflix that just are anti-horror, which they they may be. Yeah. They just think it's bad for their bottom line or something. Although they did do those, uh, haunting of whatever Hill house and Blythe Manor. So yeah, maybe, maybe they're not drinking the hater aid that much. Yeah. I think maybe it's just not something they they focus on. No, they want to give us a lot more, uh, say, Ted Bundy, for example. Uh, yeah. Because that guy doesn't get enough spotlight. Mm, yeah. Well, Will, I, I think... I like my horrors pretend. Yeah. I would really yeah. rather it not be real. You know, yeah, I can watch, you know, I can watch something gory, a gory horror movie. It doesn't bother me, but I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to sit through some nonsense about ted bundy no it's just gonna ruin my day 
Yeah, knowing what he did and, you know, hearing about it in gory detail. Yeah. So, uh, I don't need it. Will, I know you've got next pick. Have you thought of anything you want to watch? I have not found anything. I'm having a hard time picking something. So, uh, give me a couple days. I'll try to come up with something. All right. Uh, I've not been very inspired going through Shudder recently. Um, yeah, nothing's really stood out. What else do you A lot of them seem to be. A couple goes to a house and then something bad happens. Oh. I mean, that's such a vague sort of horror movie setup. You're like, that doesn't give me anything. That doesn't tell no. me anything. Sinister happenings are afoot in the neighborhood. You're like, okay, what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Will someone just make a goddamn werewolf movie already? I mean, you yes. don't, don't even have to show the thing that much. You know, little fleeting glimpses of it. Just make a werewolf Maybe a movie. flying werewolf. <laughs> yeah. An aquatic flying werewolf. <laughs> maybe it makes a crazy noise when it flies. Like a chirping. And maybe a man turns into a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. At the full moon and kills. Dolph Lund dolphins man. dolphins do. <laughs> werefin. Yeah. Yeah, werefin. That's a good, that's a good name. Copyright. You can't have it. Sci-fi Copyright, channel. Yeah. <laughs> Werefin property of Will Barnes. Yeah. Well, you know, cause you hear stories of dolphins saving people, but that's only cause you never hear of the people who dolphins don't save. Good point. Good point. Those are known as drownings. <laughs> you know, yeah. They take them further out. <laughs> yeah. Sure. There's some jerk dolphins that do that. Yeah. Do all dolphins have these perfect personalities? They're just so docile and helpful. I don't think so. You Did never Flipper hear about have it. an evil twin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like dolphins with Zipper. goatees? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think evil dolphins is, is a whole like subgenre that needs to be created and exploited. Evil, yes. Evil dolphin movies. Where are they? Well, Zipper there was that Simpsons. Copyright. Yeah. Halloween oh, yeah. episode where the dolphins took over the world. Day of the Dolphins, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that is a good episode. Yeah. I was just telling the young woman at work about the episode where Homer takes the uh Guatemalan insanity peppers in at the chili oh, yeah. at the chili cook off and he just goes like like on a peyote trip into the desert. It's a great episode. And I asked her, you know, uh, you know, when, when you're watching this before you see the end credits, tell me if you recognize the, the spirit guide, the coyote's voice. And, uh, as you may know, it's Johnny cash. <laughs> so it's such a great appearance. It's like, God, I know that voice. And why do I know that voice? You know, it's Johnny cash. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. No? All right, well, let's call we'll, it a show. Uh, get back to you with uh, with this week's pick. Yeah. Next week's pick. Yeah, then we'll watch it and we'll do another show. Like we yeah. do. Like we do. All right, well, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. 